0: what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Michelle, and while I'm pining after my amazing and glittery co-host, Ken, I'm very excited to share the conversation I had with Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing. We are both members of the Brian Kenney defense team, and we will challenge all of his enemies to a duel, but that doesn't mean we don't see his flaws. You will hear a lot of praise for his growth, but we will also not shy away from some of his imperfections, so brace yourself for that. Also, I want to give a trigger warning to keep us all on the safe side. We do talk um, a bit about behavior that could be viewed as somewhat suicidal. I'll timestamp that in the notes for you, and you can just skip right over that part if you want. One more thing. These are just our individual thoughts and opinions. We always say that Professor Justin Taylor is the expert on all things Kenny Operating Manual. So take what you want from us. Leave what you don't and that's all I got. So check it out. Hello, diners. Echelle here, and I am with Aaron again, which means we are doing another special Brian Kinney episode. We are up to season four. So this is Brian Kinney 4.0, and uh, Ken and I are not quite done with season four yet. So again, he won't be here because of hashtag spoilers, but but, uh, I'll just mention as a side note, he and I have been having some discussions about Brian from season one up to season four. And so he's really excited about, well, something I'll talk to, with, to Aaron about here in a second. But uh, yeah, I really like season four. Brian, for sure. Like I love all what's happening with all of the characters, but I kind of thought that season three was my favorite. But now that I'm watching season four, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I am really looking forward to this discussion. And since the first time I reached out to Aaron about doing one of these, she was already waiting for us to get to season four so so here we are Uh, so Erin say hello to everyone
1: hello everyone I am super excited seriously this is my favorite Brian version of Brian is season four Brian and this is my favorite season of the show so like Yiselle said I have been anxiously awaiting being able to talk about this Brian since we started this so I'm very excited
0: yeah. And now I already warned Aaron, but in all of my excitement for this episode, I'm probably going to jump all over the place on the timeline, but so does queers folks. So <laughs> who cares go. about sequential order <laughs> and things like that? That doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get into it. So I always kind of like to start with where do we find Brian right now? So between season three and season four, I like to think of it as real life. And so in the in between that we don't get to see, I like to talk about where we find him walking into the next season. Ken always refers to it as like, okay, we've peeled back these layers. And so we're doing that the whole series long on him. And so Erin, when we get to season four, where do we find Brian?
1: Well, Brian has lost everything financially and uh, also career wise because of the fact that he paid for the ad that took down Stockwell. And so he is at... The lowest point professionally, not personally, but professionally, I think that he's ever been in his life. And he's also, his pride has taken a hit and everybody keeps wanting to help him. Justin wants to give him all the money from the comic book sales and people don't want him to pay for his meals. And for Brian, that is something he does not handle very well, does not like. So His pride is taking a beating. So he's like, nope, I'm (laughs) going to buy everybody their meals. I'm going to buy myself a drink. I don't need anyone to help me. I don't need anyone's help. I can, you know, pull myself up. And he's also at the point where he thinks he's going to be taken back to the ad firm that he was at before. So it's a transitional time for Brian, for sure. So, yeah.
0: What I really appreciated about this is he kind of still has like, oh, this is nothing. I'm going to bounce back because I'd imagine since going to college, maybe he's been kind of on this uphill thing. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it's been easy. I mean, because life is life, but he's been building the life that he wants. And he kind of finally got there in a lot of ways. And at toward the end of season three, I mean he was doing great at his career. He's a partner. He's got a relationship that's doing well and kind of got the respect of his of his family around him. And so he's really at this great place. And then, like you said, does take a hit uh, voluntarily sacrifices here. And I really like that we've seen him make some compromises before, but this is a sacrifice to his lifestyle and to something that has always defined him. And so I really, mm-hmm. I really appreciate it getting to see that. And that we had this very real and honest look at him having to come to terms with the fact that, oh, it's not going to be that easy. <laughs> you know, I can't just go back to the firm I was at before. Um, so yeah. then he comes up with the idea to launch Kinetic. Tell me what you thought about that.
1: Well, I loved that. I loved that he didn't go back to um, to the company that he was at before. I love that he started his own firm. And I love that Justin named it. I think that was perfect too. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was an exciting move for Brian because I think it really makes perfect sense that for someone like him, who wants to be in control so much for him to be able to have his own company and his own uh, trajectory that he can control and have a big, say, say so about. And so that was definitely, I think one of the highlights of the first half of the season was him starting that. And I think it's just perfect that it ends up at a, old bathhouse and that ends up being where his advertising right. firm is. I mean, it's just perfect. And, and I, I love that. You're probably going to say the same thing I was about to say. Go ahead. I love that Jennifer yeah. finds the place. For me. Yeah. That's, what That's yeah. exactly
0: what I was going to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just perfect because it's like, you know, you go from Jennifer in season one to Jennifer in season four and the way she feels about Brian is totally different I mean the fact that she's actually trying to find him a
0: place is yeah amazing (laughs) yeah well but she knows him and she's like okay no matter what I think about him visiting a bathhouse all the time I know that he's serious about his business and Mm. so she's able to take the things that she would have seen as bad but recognize all the good in him too and so I really love that yeah that she's the one who she's the one who does that helps him find it and that Justin names it. Because I feel like that's kind of a theme with, with their life. I mean, he names Gus, he names uh he names a new company. And yeah, so I, I like that it continues that theme. Mm-hmm. As Brian is building his new business and his company, Justin's not just twiddling his thumbs. And uh <laughs> so after they had the the um the party where the community got together and made this donation for Brian, kind of anonymously sort of then after that of course we have Darren's bashing in that that episode and so with that that triggers some stuff in Justin and he finds a outlet i guess in the pink posse when he links up with Cody and yeah so we don't have to go all down into the pink posse thing but i do want to talk through Brian's response and his reaction to the whole pink posse stuff uh
1: well and i number one i love that the show revisited this because I think even though I think Justin you know healed a lot and Brian healed a lot and everything I I don't think Justin fully ever got over this what happened to him and so I'm really glad that they revisited it for Justin's sake and for Justin's own healing and I I think the way Brian reacts to this and the fact that he is number one he's scared For Justin, but he doesn't want to control Justin because that's not Brian. And he wants Justin to make his own choices, but at the same time, he's kind of like, okay, you're going down a really dangerous path here, especially when he finds the gun and all of that stuff. Um, so but I think this Brian and Brian's reaction to Justin, this Brian would not have reacted the same way if it was season one, Brian, or even season two, Brian. I think season one, Brian would have just straight up told him you're being. An idiot, or he would have been really cold about it or a lot crasser about it. And I think this Brian is kind of like, okay, I don't agree with this, but I'm trying to understand it and I'm trying to understand where you're coming from, especially in the beginning when he first hooks up with them. I mean, he has that whole conversation with Ben at Babylon when they're having like this, it was like, what are you even
0: talking about? This intellectual debate. About. Yeah. I was like, Brian, is that, are you okay? Like, what, what did Anita give you this time? Like, what drug are you on this? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And I think it was Michael. who's all confused. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, What, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I liked that. And then, um, you know, there, there are some parts of it that are hard to watch. I think the scene where they have the little fighting scene and the hitting scene, I think it starts out okay, and then it gets into some very non-consensual, dangerous areas. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that. I think that's that
0: intentional, seems- but oh, yeah. but but it definitely still is hard to hard to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting there watching that scene with Ken and at first, he, because he loves all the skin scenes. <laughs> but, and so at first he's like, oh, this is playful and something different. And then he was like, oh, no, this is not playful anymore. And
1: yeah. Yeah. And you could tell there was a lot of anger from Justin in that scene. And mm-hmm. I think that really kind of surprised Ryan. I think that kind of took him by surprise about mm-hmm. h- how aggressive Justin was in that scene mm-hmm. and it, and how it wasn't playful and it wasn't, you know, anything like that. It turned into something that was just full of anger and right. um, aggression. So
0: Yeah. Cause he's seen him defend himself and defend other people, but to see him be the aggressor, that was, that was mm-hmm. new for Brian to see. And that was new for us to see as well with the, with that whole arc. I do think it's good that it came back up, but for Brian to realize how deeply that was still, that was still affecting him. And then Mm-hmm. Made Brian afraid again because it's like you know someone else's hatred is what almost got you killed, and now your anger and, and hatred could do the same thing. And so, yeah, yeah, very scary. Well, let's go back to Kinetic and uh, Brian needs some help <laughs> from uh, a friendly face, and he recruits Ted. What are your thoughts on the, I, about their their friendship first, him bringing him into his company, but then how their friendship grows over this season? I love
1: the Brian and Ted scenes in this season so, so, so much. They are some of my favorite scenes. Starting even when um Ted gets out of rehab and he's at Liberty Diner and everybody's left and Brian is the only one there. And Brian, you know, it's Brian and him saying the whole little, well, you know, just. You know, basically just throwing back at Ted all of the failures and all those losses and how awful his life is right now. But then it was saying, well, but you know, there's only one way to go. And he's like, rhymes with <laughs> up. And just the way, I mean, it's Gail Harold and the way he right. delivers that line, but it's mm-hmm. just like, it's so yeah. hilarious. And then when he goes and interrupts the meeting (laughs) (laughs) because he's got to solve his crisis, his accounting crisis was so perfect. And so Brian Mm -hmm. and, you know, we don't see Brian and Ted interact very much before this season. There's only a couple of things, but their interactions in this season are so great because Ted is like, I think, I think Ted and Brian had before this had really basically almost no relationship. Mm -hmm. Brian just kind of viewed Ted as like, okay, he's that annoying tag along with all of our friends kind of thing. And but I think they kind of, even though I think Brian still thinks of him as a total geek and dweeb, I think he actually kind of grows to appreciate Ted a lot. And it is funny that you know when it gets to Brian's cancer diagnosis that there are only a few people that know first, and Ted is one of them. Yeah. And this scene, one of my favorite scenes ever in the show, is when Brian is sick, and he's like, "It's it's you know," and Ted's like, "Oh, you know, I've been you know thinking he's on drugs or something." And and he's like, "It's the big C. He's just you know, crystal coke." (laughs) And then he's
0: like, "Caffeine." That's always like only Ted would think that is like the the big C. <laughs> I know. It's so yeah, funny. and
1: just I just love their dynamic so mm-hmm. much this season. It's one of my favorite parts of season four because mm-hmm. it, it they just work so well off of each other, yeah. and it's just and they're such different personalities, right? Like polar opposites, and so it, it, I just I love it so much. So I'm glad that we definitely. I was like, we have to definitely talk. About Ted because yeah. of, and Brian, because there's
0: sure <laughs> no way not <next>. to. <laughs> Once you start to see them, take, you're like, oh, yeah, this totally, even though it makes no sense, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's why I love yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm definitely glad that they did that. And even how I i feel like Ted's recovery is his own, definitely. But I think the way that Brian approaches things, where it's like, okay, if you're done with that, come on, let's move forward. Ted mm. was still like, I've got to do this and this. And, and those steps are important. But Brian was like, okay, but while you're doing the steps, keep living. Mm -hmm. And I think even seeing where Ted built his business up in the previous season, Brian seeing that and recognizing like, oh, he is legitimately good at what he does. And it's not that he necessarily doubted that because I know there's reference to Ted doing his taxes before or something like that. But so I think he always recognized something in Ted, but Ted was always in his own way. And so, yeah, I just really like that they... Got to kind of mingle the two of those characters more. As we move a little further into this season, it seems like things are going well, which in the queerest folk world should make you very nervous. (laughs) I guess in any show that you're watching, it should make you very nervous when things (laughs) seem to be going well because um, we get Brian's cancer news. We find out about it's a possibility at the end of the episode where we unfortunately lose Uncle Vic. And then we find out like it's possibly a reality. And then we kind of go from there. So, take me on that journey from him finding out to him deciding, okay, this is how I'm going to handle it and what I'm going to do about it.
1: Uh well, I know there are people that find it really annoying when characters that are thought of as uh cold, aloof, the "quote unquote bad boy of the show, bad person of the show get cancer as a way for people to start sympathizing with them or liking them. I know there are people that feel that way. I frankly don't have any problem with this cancer diagnosis being in here, and I think it makes perfect sense to give it to Brian. I know some people may say it's too on the nose to give cancer to Brian, uh, but I think it makes sense. I think it works, and I think his reaction to it makes perfect sense. His fear of, you know, Brian's thing always is he feels he's only his only value. In life, he still struggles with this: is his looks, his beauty, his sexuality, his sexual performance, and this is tapping into his sexual performance and not being able to perform, and possibly, um, you know, dying and his mortality. And Brian doesn't like to deal with that. Brian doesn't like to deal with aging and getting older. And this is all about mortality and dying and all that kind of stuff. And so I think his initial reaction, of course, is complete and utter fear, but he doesn't want to show anyone and he doesn't want to tell anyone and he doesn't want to tell anyone because he doesn't want a pity party, just like he didn't want a pity party when he lost his money and got fired from his job and all that stuff. So just like that, he didn't want a pity party. Then this multiplied by 10,000, he doesn't want that. And of course, he also has that fear that Justin won't want him anymore because he's no longer quote unquote perfect, which he never was perfect, far from it. <laughs> and so then he, of course, pushes Justin away, pushes Michael away, pushes everybody away, and lies to them. And there was a there is a part of you. The first time I watched this, I remember when he said he was going. Uh, to Abitha, And I didn't realize he was actually going to go and have the surgery and start treatment. There was actually a part of me that thought, okay, he's just going to, he's just going to be like, okay, I'm going to die from this and not even want to treat it because he's so worried about losing a ball. He's so worried about any kind of thing affecting his sexual performance and who he is as a man, and how he identifies himself, and how his sexuality is so, so important to him for so many, many, many reasons, not just because of getting off, but just because it's just very important to him, his identity there. And so there was that part of me. So I was very relieved when he actually went and did something about it because I, I don't, I think in some way, even though he's shutting people out and he's doing that stuff. It also, I think, in some ways shows some kind of growth with Brian, too, where he decides he doesn't want to give up and he will do this. And I think that's nice to see. And I do think, kind of going back a little bit, I think there might have even been a part of him. I don't know, he never really says this, that except for that he sees Vic all the time. But I think there might have been a part of him that felt like maybe this was punishment for the fact. That he told Deb that at least Vic, you know, went out this way and didn't, you know, at least Vic had some years, you know, left that he didn't think he was going to have and that kind of thing. And how cold and callous that came off to Deb. Um, Even though I'm kind of mixed on that, because I think it was kind of a horrible time to say that, but Brian was. I'm mixed on
0: it, too, because he, (laughs) he was correct. And I think he wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to offend her or I don't think. But yeah,
1: no, but Brian doesn't always think before he speaks
0: Mm because he just just assumes what works for me ought to work for everybody sometimes. And he feels like they ought to rationalize this the same way I do. And that's just not true.
1: Yeah, he just he thinks he's always right. He always thinks he's right and he knows better than everybody else. And this was another instance of that. And while he was correct in what he said at the same time, it was not the right time, not the right place. And not the right way to deliver that stuff. And so, but I do think there's a part of him that kind of feels guilty about that and feels like maybe this is punishment, quote unquote, for that happening. But watching him through that, and I know we have it down as something separate, so I won't go over because this this leads to my absolute favorite Brian and Justin scene. And it's not a sexual scene in any way, shape, or form. Um That would have never happened if Brian had gotten this cancer diagnosis in season one or season two. He would have never let Justin back in his life after pushing him away. And the way he treats Justin uh, and Michael is very, especially Justin, is very harsh and cold and cruel. But it's very typical and he's not doing it because he hates them. It's the exact opposite. And yeah. And I mean, Gail Harold, I mean, I rave about his acting all the time. It still is so criminal that he was never nominated know. for an Emmy. Because, I know. Like not even
0: a nomination is insane. Yeah.
1: His yeah. work in this season is amazing. Mm-hmm. His scene when, uh, when he's gotten back from going to, uh, what was the hospital he went to again? I can't believe I Johns it. Johns Hopkins. Down. That's right. Duh. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, when, <laughs> yeah, one when of the he big gets, ones. Yeah. yeah, when he gets back from there, and you know, and he's had the surgery and all that stuff, and he takes Justin to class to college, and he mm-hmm. drives him there, and they have that little scene in the car and yeah. the kissing mm-hmm. and everything. When you watch Brian's face as Justin walks away. Mm-hmm. And he and Brian takes off his sunglasses, and it's like the first time he's really done that. Right. And you see this look of utter um sadness and mm-hmm. heartbreak and fear that you know, what if I don't get to see this man I love anymore? Right. And what if I lose him? Or what if he finds out and he leaves me and mm-hmm. I'm all alone? And there's no words, it's just it's I mean. <laughs>
0: yeah Gail oh, harold is so amazing in that scene. i know it and he's perfect for this role because brian yes. is not a very verbal character like of course he has to talk because it's a tv show but he comparatively to all the other characters he's not a very verbal character and so so much of him has to be portrayed through the face and through the body and things mm-hmm. like that and he nails it every time yeah
1: yeah and the eyes and that's the center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good acting is when you see the character in the eyes. I always say that all the time on my podcast. We call mm-hmm. it eye acting. But he does it so well. I mean, he's yeah. everything. You read everything. And it's just a quick little scene. Mm-hmm. But it's one of my favorites, Brian scenes. Mm-hmm. Because it
0: says so much about him. Yeah. And I love that the directors and the camera people and all that, like they picked up on how great he is at that. And so you get the where they linger for just a second on his face. Mm-hmm. or Or something like that. I love how just all of that came together. I want to go back into well there's so much good that you said right there but I want to go back into something about the whole Abitha thing. So we when we got to that episode, Ken and I were like you and definitely me because we don't talk about it before we record cuz we want it to all mm-hmm. be fresh. And I always felt like he was just going to say, "No, I'm not doing a surgery. Like they're not I'm going to go out with my whole body even <laughs> you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I'm going to how I'm going to go out." And so then by the end of that, he makes this, he has his heart and mind change and decides to go through with the the treatment. So that's kind of how I was perceiving it. And so, because it can look like he was just, they were tricking us like this unreliable narrator sort of thing. And he was always going to get the surgery or was it that, no, he wasn't. And then he changed his mind. And that's what they said. No, he wasn't going to do it. And he did change his mind. And not everybody likes that because not everybody wants to think about Brian being at that place to where he is. I hate to use this phrase, but almost casually suicidal in that mm-hmm. episode, but that's not the first time that he's been like that. And so I, I personally feel like it was important that we got to see him intentionally decide to go against everything that he's been preaching since season one and to go through with the, with the surgery, knowing that because of that, I'm not gonna feel like I'm perfect anymore. I'm already gonna doubt my self-worth even more. And then I have to worry about Justin finding out about it and other people in my family finding out about it. So I felt like that was important that that was originally his plan, but he switched, had that change of heart in mind. No,
1: I yeah, I completely agree. And I'm glad to know that from the writers too. Because yeah, because to say Brian has never felt an inkling of being suicidal or having any kind of thinking like that. It's just not true in my opinion. Right. I mean, if you just look back at different things, a lot of the stuff he does in reaction to things that are traumatic Mm -hmm. are things that people who kind of, I don't, I don't want to say lean that way is not the right phrasing, but who can kind of, what is the word I'm trying to look for, but who when they have something tragic happen to them, there's, you know, there's that fight or flight kind of mode. And I think he's a lot of flight and not as much fight all the time. And I think people think he's fight, but he's actually flight. He's very much, you know, when, when Justin was bashed and he wears the bloody scarf, Mm -hmm. that was his way of punishing himself, hurting himself. And so to me, he was very much at a crossroads of he can either give up and become suicidal and have one last laugh blast Mm -hmm. and then just give up Mm -hmm. or he can fight and this time instead of flight even though he did run from justin and michael he chose to fight so i think it was very important so yeah
0: yeah yeah i agree and i think a lot of times we don't want to face things like that about characters that we love and hold dear because we think it makes them weak but that doesn't make him weak that's just his initial (laughs) knee-jerk response to something and so it doesn't make him weak. If anything, I think it's kind of a beautiful journey that we get to see with everything that comes out of it when you know where he wanted to go, where he was drawn to go initially, but said, you know, said, no, I'm not going to go there. I am going to fight. Like to me, that's such a more beautiful story than mm-hmm. if it was always up oh, tricked you. I was always going to get this surgery, so, you know?
1: Yeah, I uh, wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, it's one of the things when you talk about mental health and any kind of aspect of media that they don't always portray well is, you know, being suicidal is, you know, a lot of people want to portray it as being selfish or weak. Mm -hmm. It's not about that at all. Right. So, you know, and speaking as someone who has struggled with that her whole life, it's not about that at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think with Brian, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see that and good to see his growth. And I think this season more than any other season, honestly, even though there are a lot of growth in five, two, as we all know, certain things, but I think in season four, you see more growth from Brian than in any other season at Mm all.
0: You see him like actively choosing to grow and not like kind of being forced into it or cornered into it. It's like, I am Mm -hmm. actively making the choice to grow in this direction and I really loved and appreciated appreciated that about him. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll talk about some more of the other stuff that you brought up but before we do uh you mentioned this earlier about him seeing Vic in the dreams what are your thoughts on Vic being Brian's kind of guardian angel type thing?
1: It's perfect. Uh you know, I will be frank some of the scenes uh, come off a little bit cheese ball. <laughs>
0: Vicki has the laser gun, yeah, pointed. But, but I feel like it, it was playing it up because it was yes. kind of like Rage the comic book, and that's always over yes. dramatic, <laughs> but it does yes. come
1: off as cheesy, yeah, yes, which I get. It just you know, there is kind of it's kind of hard, that's a hard thing to do without coming off as just too gimmicky. So, there was a fine fine line there where you know sometimes I was kind of like eh, cringing a little bit, uh, but I do love. Those scenes, because to me, Vic, as far as like what Vic could represent for Brian, is the thing that Brian was always trying to fight. And so, Vic, having died, uh, represented part of what Brian's fear was, especially the fact that Brian gets that diagnosis right when that happens. And so, I think it makes perfect sense that he has Vic there to at first be kind of an antagonist for Brian and to needle him and push him. And then you see at the end of the season, it comes full circle and Vic is basically like very loving and caring to Brian. And I think that represented Brian finally being loving and caring to himself and achieving something and really fighting and fighting for his life and fighting for the future of his life and actually going like, okay, I am okay. I don't think he's fully there, but I'm okay with the fact that I will get old. I'm okay with that. And I'm okay to fight and I will keep fighting. And I think that's when you see Vic become the Vic we knew and love and really show that to Brian. And you didn't, you know, the other thing I appreciate about it is that before this season, just like with Ted, there wasn't very much interaction between Brian and Brian right. either. So I think that was also, I also appreciated
0: that fact too. Mm-hmm. I That's one of my favorite things about it. It was a way to see that relationship and to kind of focus on just mm-hmm. the two of them. And true, it was in this weird way, but it was a way to see how they do interact with each other and how Brian did think about, about Vic and then how that reflects on what he thinks about himself. And yeah, kind of all what you were, mm-hmm. what you were saying there, we're going to Okay, I'm going to talk about two things and then we're going to lead into your favorite. What I believe is I'm just going to call it what I think is your favorite scene. I'm guessing here. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to tie these two things together. Speaking of Brian's response to Michael and Justin, I want you to talk about that. But do you feel like it's unrealistic at this point in the series and where we are with Brian, that he still has those self-worth issues? And then also kind of talk about his reaction to Michael and Justin finding out. About the cancer.
1: No, it's not unrealistic that he's like that because he's got uh, so many issues that he I wish the show had. I mean I wish I mean, Brian it would take forever for Brian to get right. therapy but I wish he could have been given that opportunity mm-hmm. even though he wouldn't have taken that
0: opportunity yeah. probably
1: maybe season
0: 7 Brian if right <laughs> I, I <don't> know <laughs> would just be like scratching the surface <laughs> on it in season 7 yeah yes. but this is 30 years of believing this way and so exactly. yeah so I agree I don't think it's unrealistic at all like and then even you know, I know with me, like I'll go through therapy on something and then be doing great for a while. And then you're like, oh gosh, I'm back at square one. So
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have one thing in therapy that it's kind of a running joke in a way where it's like, when this subject comes up, I instantly stop therapy for a while. It's this weird thing. It's like, Uh I know I've been needing to deal with this for like (laughs) over 20 years, but Hey, this is when, you know, it's this thing that I don't even realize I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to, of course, it, it makes perfect sense. This is Brian Kinney. And right. if Brian Kinney had been like, oh, Michael, Justin, I want to sit you down, tell mm-hmm. you about this diagnosis. Let's talk about this. That would have been BS. That would right. have just been like, hey, this isn't Brian Kinney. Who the hell is writing this? Mm-hmm. So, it wouldn't have made sense. Brian Kinney is someone who, has walls that are so, so thick around Mm -hmm. him and they're just starting to come down. They're just starting to get chiseled away and he's just beginning that process. And so when, so him having a cancer diagnosis is like putting up another wall because he knows, I think, you know, his reaction is different, of course, to Justin than it is to Michael. When they find out with Michael, it's kind of like, because Brian always is the caretaker with Michael really. Mm-hmm. And so he instantly starts feeling, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And with Justin, it's instantly like, okay, that fear I had that I'm going to lose him that I've had for a while, uh, especially ever since the bashing is going to happen. So, uh, I'm just going to throw him at him. Yeah. Let me take head. charge. Of I don't it. want him to take care. Yeah. I don't yeah. want him to take care of me. That's the mm-hmm. thing is he didn't want to be treated like he couldn't take care of himself and he right. was worried that's what justin was going to do and justin was going to no longer see him as a gorgeous man inside Zion out he was going to see him more as like uh, i guess i have to take care of this old man kind of right thing. i think that was his thinking
0: yeah well it's like i'm going to be a burden to him and he doesn't want to be a burden to anybody just because of his own pride but also because well, we were saying he watched that with his parents. And it's like, I don't want him to feel trapped into anything with me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, well, he does let, he does kick Justin out, but then he does let him back in. And I agree what you said earlier. Season one, Brian would not have Mm-mm. let him back at all because he just, I don't think he would have had it in him to, to do it. And he didn't realize how much he needed and wanted that relationship at that time either. I think at that time, he still felt like it would have been easier to walk away from it. And maybe occasionally he would think back on. I think he would try to not let himself think back on it. But um, yeah, so season one, no, nah, he's not coming back in, I don't think, unfortunately. But season four, he does let him back in. And we get this beautiful scene at the end of episode nine, I believe. So take it away, Aaron.
1: This is my absolute all-time favorite Brian and Justin scene. I know a lot of people might pick the scene in season five. But I pick this scene because, oh, this says so much about their relationship and where they're at, because number one, you've got Justin, who season one and season two, Justin would have never done this either. So that's the other important thing. And Justin is like, you know what, dude? I love you. And we're at the point in our relationship where I'm going to tell you when you're being an asshole to me in a real way. And I'm also going to tell you that, no, you are not going to push me away. And you're not going to sit there and use your fear of that. I'm not going to think you're perfect anymore. Let you push me away and push our love away. I love you, damn it. And I'm going to take care of you. And I don't give a fuck about (laughs) what you are saying because it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a great scene of him, of Justin going in there, making the soup and Brian coming in, going at him with anger. And Brian is used to, if he does that, Justin's going to leave and Justin not leaving in that instance and pushing and saying, no, I'm going to stay here is amazing. And when he, you know, pushes Brian a little bit and they're kind of struggling and Brian Mm -hmm. falls down and Justin is just like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Okay and I'm just, just babying him a little bit. And then, you know, Brian, like, why are you fucking asking me? And then I'm saying, so I can tell you what a motherfucking piece of shit you are for not telling me. It's yeah. so beautiful because mm-hmm. even though he's yelling at me, screaming at him at the same time, all of that is about love. All right. of that is about, I love you. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a crap that you have cancer. Yes. You're not perfect. You are not perfect at all. And like he says, Maybe I should have, you know, like I would have left a long time ago. You know, I mean, I, I've had plenty of reasons to leave you. And Brian's saying, well, maybe we should have. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe I should have. But hey, we're in a relationship and a relationship is about taking care of each other. And I love that he says, so get back in that bed and eat some motherfucking you know, chicken soup. I just love yeah. that. And, and then Brian, finally, I think you watch his face during that. And even though he's still in that, you know, like. Uh, 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 I'm going to fight back against you on this. He finally gives in and finally sees that Justin has seen behind that veneer of perfection that Brian likes to put out there. And he's seen the real Brian and he still loves him. And I think this is the moment Brian realizes that. And I don't think Brian ever realized that before this moment. And he sees that and he sees that Justin is not going to leave him. Justin is going to worry about him and probably baby him a little bit, but at the same time, Justin is still going to treat him like an equal, like his partner. And like, he's the same Brian Kinney he was before. And that's the important part. And then when you see Brian get into bed and be like resigned to finally let someone take care of him, it's amazing. And it really shows to me that they are actual partners. That's when you really see that they are partners more yeah. than any other scene in the whole series, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I I love this scene as well. It's so incredible to me and I love that it's him finally saying, "No, I'm going to tell you how I see you." Like, "Yeah, I don't want to hear mm-hmm. how you think I see you. Like I'm going to tell you how I see you, and what I see is the truth of you, like flaws and all, imperfections and all, but even having seen that" I am choosing to be here and you're going to let me be here. (laughs) And, and I'm here because I want to be. And I'm so glad that Justin took the opportunity to assert that. Like, was like, no, I'm not leaving out of here again (laughs) because he could have, because really it was kind of horrible the way that, that Brian, because Justin's scared. I mean, he doesn't know, he doesn't know what the diagnosis is fully. He doesn't know if, if he's going to recover from this, he doesn't know anything. Because before he can get anything out of Brian, he pushes him out of the door. And so he's got his own fear. And then all I tried to do was help you and you threw me out. So he could have just been like, you know what? I'll make you work for it. Or I just, I'm over it. But yes. just to see the strength of his love for, for Brian to where he was like, I'm going to come back and I know I'm going to have to fight him to get him <laughs> to to listen to me. Uh, I thought that was very beautiful. And then the other side with, with Brian, the reason, it's what you were saying, the reason that he is is so I guess opposed to it is because of how much he loves him, and he doesn't want to be the thing that keeps him back from living his life and finding better because Brian still at this point thinks that he deserves better and he doesn't realize that you are the better that he wants right now. so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah very, exactly very beautiful, beautiful scene, <laughs> perfectly <laughs> perfectly written. and I love that it's all about chicken soup, which is like you know, this universal remedy sort of thing and just how that is very symbolic in this scene so before we get into the last part of this season with the liberty ride stuff and all the wonderful stuff that happens there um let's talk just briefly about so lindsay has got her own stuff going on this season which has caused some issues for a lot of viewers she's having a conversation with brian because that in the group that is her her best friend and so that's who Mm -hmm. she's talking to about about what's going on in her world right now <laughs> and there's mention in this in that one scene that they have together about their their night of midsummer madness <laughs> and I know that you and I it might have been in the first one we did or the second one we talked briefly about we talked briefly about about this whole thing and I know that there are some people who believe that Brian and Lindsay actually dated for a while and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. And they referenced the the pilot, of course, where she says it happens a few times. And then Jack, Kenny, thinking that they were dating. And I'm like, Jack knows nothing about Brian's life. Don't believe him. He's not a reliable source. <laughs> uh, but anyway, here they say that it was a one-time thing. And I think when you and I talked about it, then we were like, well, I probably tried to force you into this opinion because it's my opinion, <laughs> which is totally something I would do. <laughs> But, uh, I said, you know, as you write more, you know, your character better. And so if they say it was one time, I think it was a one-time thing. <laughs> what do you think?
1: I think it was a one-time thing, but I maintain that Lindsay is madly in love with Brian. And uh-huh, of course. Has been. Um, and I also, you know, it's, it's a big issue I actually have with this show. I will be honest. I, this is my favorite show, but they are very anti-bisexuality or something and they don't want to and i think Lindsay is bisexual i maintain I, that's that's my personal opinion i could be totally wrong she never came out as that so i guess I, you have to respect that but i wish this show wasn't so didn't seem so opposed to that because i think this would have been a good season to explore that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and during that conversation after she's cheated on mal with disgusting
0: Sam. I don't like that guy at all. I know. Scummy Sam. (laughs) Oh,
1: yuck. And after she's cheated and talking to him and when Ryan says, you know, you can like cock and you can like pussy, but not at the same time. I hate that line. I know. So dang much because it's totally biphobic in my opinion. Right. So I just had to get that because it bothers me so much. Yeah. I
0: think it had a different intention, but the way it landed was totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's interesting when I, when I talked to, uh, of all the writers I talked to so far, I think two, possibly even three of them have, we've talked about through this storyline with Lindsay and they referred to her as, in some way, bisexual. Like they use that term when describing her, and so that was kind of an understanding that they had of this character. And so I'm not sure why that didn't come into the actual show, mm-hmm. um, and why she, I think, like they intentionally made it, made her double down on saying, "No, I'm a lesbian." But um, they don't really explain why they doubled down on that. And I think it could have benefited from at least one scene where they explain why she doubles down on that instead of saying maybe Mm -hmm. I am bisexual, but I've chose to be in a relationship with a woman.
1: Yeah. And I mean, one thing I do appreciate is, you know, sexuality is fluid. So. Right.
0: And she can self-label however she wants to. And I'm going to call you whatever label you tell me to call you. But I do agree with what you're saying. Like I wish that Yeah, they would have exported a little bit differently, but
1: yeah, but but I maintain to this day that she is madly in love with Brian. She definitely always has been madly Mm -hmm. in love. Mm -hmm.
0: And if he just like (laughs) showed up one day at the port at her porch and was like, Lindsay, you know, I thought about it, she's like, bye, Mel.
1: I I do think that could happen very, very possibly.
0: Now he's not gonna
1: show up at her portion. No, that would never happen. But if he did somehow But if he
0: if he was like under some kind of trance or whatever, (laughs) or just was like, I want to see what'll happen if I do this. (laughs) She would definitely go for it.
1: (laughs) Yes, I agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Later in the season we get to the Liberty ride. I love the liberty ride and just kind of everything that's happening with all of the characters in this but we're coming into this where brian is bouncing back from or i won't even say bouncing back he's having to work through it uh through his recovery and even though we don't get to see all of it on scene there are enough subtle references to catch that he's still on the mend and so with that the liberty Ride comes in and brian's already feeling like everyone is kind of counting me out <laughs> and understandably so, but he's feeling that way. And so he decides to participate. So tell me what you thought about, about that.
1: Uh, I, I love that. Um, You know, I, I felt a lot for Brian during that part, because I think, I think a lot of people, I think people need to have more faith in Brian, frankly. And I think a lot of people didn't have very much faith in Brian during that. And I'm just talking about like real, really knowing why he wanted to do this and why he wanted to participate. And I don't think a lot of people quite got it until the finale Mm -hmm. and that conversation he has with Michael, um, you know, after he's broken his arm and,
0: all yeah, that yeah. stuff
1: mm-hmm. and now he talks about that woman who had cancer and then she went and did like was it was, was the sharks or something yeah like that. some yeah. kind of like
0: wild race thing yeah yeah
1: and relate relate that story and then michael kind of got it i think justin got it and that's why justin was finally like okay i'm gonna help you train and but i think for brian i, I think This had been another thing. It would have been Brian just being egotistical and being like, oh, I'm just going to show them that I'm as great as they are. I think a lot of this was about him proving to himself that he can survive and he can make it and he can do this and showing the world that he's strong and he's stronger now and he will keep fighting and kind of saying, kind of a way of flipping off the universe in a way of saying, you know what, you're not going to take me down. I'm going to fight this and I'm going to survive. And I think that's why he did that. And, and I think it's very Brian. I, I mean, it's completely Brian, Brian. Yes. Brian does some horrible things, but Brian, once again, I maintain Brian is not a narcissist and Brian is actually a very, very caring person, and when he loves, he loves fiercely. And I think, in a way, this was also had to do with that in some small, little way. Uh, but it was also just a lot about him proving to himself that he can survive. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I have my—I have a lot of sisters, but one of them, she's on this kick right now where she's labeling everybody a narcissist. <laughs> so, because I've been having to build my arguments to. To, you know argue against her I can say no he is not a narcissist <laughs> at all Like, you know his thing about making like trying to be larger than life is not because he really believes that's who he is but he wants other people to not be like who is this trash you know because of how he grew up and where he came from and not feeling like he had any worth for so long in his life and so it's more about that it's a um Self-preservation thing, not like exactly. I think I'm, you know, the best thing in the world. <laughs> so, so no, exactly. he's not a narcissist at at all. Yeah, there was something that I wanted to go back to before we we keep going with this, but you made me think about it when his response to saying, "No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna count me out, you're not gonna count me down," I, it me, reminded me of his encounter with his mom, and so I want to just briefly touch on his relationship with Joan and his relationship with Debbie. So clearly those are two very different things (laughs) so tell me your your thoughts on those
1: who brian's biological mom i'm just gonna biological mom because his real mom is debbie Um, she is brian's biological mom the Kinneys, in general with the exception of brian are pieces of garbage his mom is a horrible awful human being and to treat your son (laughs) Oh, she just, it makes me want to cry, honestly, because to talk yes. to your son who has this di- diagnosis of cancer and to say it's his fault because, oh, because, because he's gay to say that because he's gay,
0: yeah,
1: God is punishing him mm-hmm. is such incredible incredible cruelty there. There's, yeah, that is one of the cruelest things you can say to your child. This is your child. Yeah. And to treat him like that is, oh my gosh, it's, whoo. I, I hate her yeah. so much.
0: Well, and, and what's even more uh, messed up is like, she really feels like that is the most loving thing to say to him. So I a person know. who believe, truly believes that that is love to condemn uh, him in that way, like. That is insane. Like it does make you want to cry because you think about a child growing up with with that, a mother who is like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's not like this doesn't happen all the time. It's Exactly. Like like some
0: Mm -hmm. weird thing that. Everything in here is so real, and that's what makes it so, you know, so so hard Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I always love. I think Brian is, of course, hurt by that. He won't show it, but I think he's very hurt by that. But I do love his reaction to her. Uh, I love that right after that, he, it's hard for the first time. (laughs) I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's just, that's, that's, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love that. And then with Debbie, I, as I've, I think I've said before on one of these or a couple of them, Brian and Debbie's relationship is one of my favorite things in this show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's scene when he finally tells her that he has cancer And that's before, of course, his mom, his biological mom knows is, you know, it's the first scene they've had together where, you know, they're making up and Debbie forgives him for what he said about Vic. And the way she reacts versus the way his biological mom reacts is the way a parent should react. The way Debbie reacts of, you know, instantly like, what are you doing up? You should be home resting. Why are you here out here? You know, you're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And, and Debbie, of course, being hurt that nobody told her yet. And he's like, well, I'm telling you. And, you know, and Brian, of course, thing, well, hoping you'll take pity on me, (laughs) which I'm sure that was
0: part of it too. But I think he also wanted a mom. He did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he well, wanted he the him. response that he gets from her. She gives him a hug. Like, are you okay? What do you need? Get home. Get some rest. Yeah. 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 Which he just, he deserved.
1: And mm-hmm. and I just, I, I, like I said, I love Brian and Debbie scenes so much. And uh, the, you know, Sharon Gless and Gail Harold are just yeah. top tier actors. And so they are so great together. And mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah back on the back on the ride um while this is going on because always there's a million things going on with the you know I mean which I'm not complaining about I love it because I feel like they handle they juggle and for the most part now true there're always more you want to see from certain things or certain storylines but for the most part they juggle an ensemble cast pretty pretty well and sometimes they're telling like parallel stories with some of the different pieces of the puzzle but, um, not perfect, but for the most part, <laughs> or just let me have that for the most part, they juggle the ensemble. well. <laughs> I can already see your face and you're like, I'm going to withhold comment. No no,
1: no. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually agree. I agree for the most part that they do. I agree. They do.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one other thing that's going on is, uh, Ben and Michael and the proposal. And, um, so they have a conversation while they're there in Canada. Uh, Brian and Michael have a conversation about marriage. So tell me your, your thoughts on that.
1: This is such an interesting scene, especially I, I'm going to bring it up again when we talk about season five, Brian, because I think it's very interesting to compare this with the scene in season five. Uh, I, you know, (laughs) Brian is always very opposed to marriage. Of course it's Brian. It fits his character. But what I, what I love about Brian and Michael in this whole Liberty Ride stuff is we've talked about it before. They have a very codependent, toxic, awful relationship, in my opinion. Their codependency during the Liberty Ride is at a one, maybe. Honestly, even even though Michael, you might say Michael stays behind and helps him. Well, that actually is a true friend right there. Yeah, and that, that is, was a
0: good time for him to stay behind and help. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that was just that made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't a codependent thing. It wasn't that kind of stuff. It wasn't toxic. It was a very nice thing. And I love the way Brian reacts to them getting married because yes, he's a little put, up, put off by it, but he accepts it and he you know he does the dance too, the dance thing when they go to the you know the place they stop at and he looks genuinely happy for Michael and I think even though Brian and Ben have never really clicked, uh, I think Brian and I think I've said this before I think Brian actually thinks Ben is good for Michael and accepts that relationship and thinks they go well together. And so I actually love this. I think Brian is very much like, yes, I'm happy for you. This is what you've always wanted your whole life. You're a romantic. You've always wanted to get married. I mean, this is Michael. And I think Michael would marry, (laughs) would have been married for 10 years by now if he could have, if he could have found the right man. So Michael is just a romantic at heart. And I think Brian sees that. And Brian sees this as a good relationship. And I think Brian even though Ryan is not ready for marriage and doesn't have that in his mind I think he's kind of accepting that yes some people uh want to get married and sometimes marriage is a good thing and I think he sees that for Ben and Michael that this is a good thing so
0: yeah yeah, yeah. because he's always like we talked about earlier kind of projected his own things onto other people yes. and so he was doing that with Michael but then when he stepped back and he saw his friend and knows that michael does is a romantic and has desired something like this and is like okay and here's this guy who's in his life and okay cool i i approve (laughs) you know it might be for me but for you like i i i get why you want this and so yeah he does kind of stand down but not with a pout on his face and his arms crossed like he's (laughs) like okay this is this is good for michael yeah ultimately ultimately gets there so let's talk about the rest of his journey. Like he does break his arm, but ultimately he does finish it and he crosses the finish line. So let's talk about the rest of the Liberty Ride journey.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I, the scene where he does break his arm, where he's showing off for that other guy they thought was cute. I have to say, even though it was kind of a oh my gosh, men being men—that's yeah. a very male thing, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, showing off. I have to say, it was kind of adorable in a mm-hmm. way because I don't know. It was kind of like <laughs> Brian is this very overconfident guy who, mm-hmm. you know, I as I call I call him, you know, Brian sex on legs, skinny because he is. I mean, he's one of the most. Gale Harold is one of the most gorgeous human specimens i've ever seen um and he knows he is brian does i mean i don't know about gail but brian knows. no i don't think
0: gail knows he is but
1: brian does <laughs> brian definitely knows he's the yeah. most gorgeous man on the planet Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: um and he w- walks around with that you know confidently and that scene is so adorable to me because there's a part of him i think that kind of isn't sure anymore because of what he's been through so it's kind of like you're watching you know like a teenager when they have their first crush right. and they're doing a cute little thing to show off so I think it's adorable yeah. it's silly ridiculous male thing but it is adorable mm-hmm. and you know then of course him breaking his arm and then like like I said I love Michael staying back and sticking it out with him and the conversation they have and Brian saying you know I'm doing this to show that I can survive if I can survive this, I can survive cancer. If I can survive this, I can survive anything. And that's why he continues to go. Um, And I love that. And I love that Michael stays with him. It's one of the few times that I don't get instantly like, Oh, you guys are so toxic together. Um, Where I am more like, Oh, see, this is when you could be healthy. If you could get to this place and get over, That toxic codependency crap, you have a really healthy relationship. (laughs) Yeah. So I really love their scenes together. And then when Brian, you know, there are instances where Brian looks like he might give up. And I love that he sees people cheering him on that aren't there. Like when he sees Justin and cheering him on on the sidelines and being like, you can do this. It's beautiful because you also see that he truly genuinely, it's another way of showing that Brian truly genuinely loves, even if he doesn't say it. I think that's also him admitting he's not alone. And then when he finally crosses that finish line and you watch him coming and he sees Justin there and that encourages him even more. And it's this beautiful moment of him a completing something and succeeding at something that I think is even more important than in, than opening his own company, any other professional thing he succeeded at anything. This is one, this is probably the best accomplishment he's ever done because he's showing the world and his cancer and everybody that loves him, that he is here to fight and he is here to stay. And it's beautiful. I, yeah. I love it. So, yeah. so And it's kind
0: of like, and this is my reward for fighting like this is what yes. I win when he crosses the finish line and Justin is there waiting for him yes. and and now true there you know the other people are there too but primarily that's the first thing that he sees um yeah and I that is a I ha- we haven't watched that scene yet but I cannot wait to I know it's there because I saw it a year or two ago but, <laughs> but I cannot wait to watch it again with you know eyes that are focused on every single detail <laughs> in every single second yeah yeah. Um, so after that journey, uh, Brian makes some, you know, he comes to some realizations and he makes some decisions after that. And one is to get rid of the, you know, the, the light fixture in his room. But the other two, he wants to spend more time with Gus. And then the thing that he wants with with Justin. So first, let's talk through The second one, because the first one's kind of just Brian being Brian, even though to him, I think he really does want to replace (laughs) the light above his bed because, you know, aesthetics aesthetics are so important to him, but, but he does this, you know, he'll list, he'll give you a list of three things and the most important ones at the end, you know, but he's got to work his way up to it. So let's start with talking about him wanting to spend more time with Gus and then go into Justin.
1: Well, Brian, since Gus was born, has been on that journey of what does it mean? Who am I as a father? Uh, Because, you know, Lindsay and Mel are the primary parents of Gus, no matter what. Those are his parents. They are the ones that get to decide everything for Gus because that's the way it is. But they also allow Brian to have some um, at least contact with his son, Um, they kind of include him in some things. And I think what you watch with Brian throughout the seasons is that he becomes more and more comfortable with being a father and he becomes more and more where he enjoys it. I don't think he's at the point where he's like, I want to be a full-time dad, but he definitely, he loves Gus a lot, a lot, a lot. And he wants to be able to be there for him more and to have his son know who he is and to have Gus know who his who Brian is, and to be able to go, okay, he was in my life. And especially, you know, for Gus to never ever think at any point that Brian is like Brian's dad was. And I think that's also another important thing for him. And I think when he had cancer, it really, you know, as it I've heard it does for a lot of people, or when you go through any kind of experience where you almost die or anything very tragic like that. It can make you reassess everything. And I think that's what he's doing. And the fact that he survived the Liberty ride and he survived cancer right now. And he's at that point, he's like, okay, well, I have to reassess what's important to me. And starting with Gus and Gus is very important to me. And I want to be a bigger part of his life because I want him to know who I am. I think that's kind of, what that is yeah
0: yeah I I think so it had he had to get to that place where he was like okay maybe I won't ruin his life like my dad ruined mine because maybe I'm not destined to become my father and I do think that he sees more of that and the more that he sees that it's like okay maybe it won't hurt him if I am around him more and and Mm -hmm. I think it is like it wasn't modeled to him what a father should be. And definitely because this is a different arrangement anyway, because like you said, the primary parents are Lindsay and Mel, but they made it clear Lindsay has, you can have access to him as much as you want. And he's been hesitant with that, but it's like, okay, that is an option that's available to me. And I feel like I deserve that. And I'm worthy of that. And I definitely love my son enough to give him that now. So I do think it is something that he's going to prioritize. And of course, I don't think he's going to figure that out overnight, but it's nice to see that he wants to work in that, in that direction. So now yeah. let's talk about the other thing that he wants.
1: Now, yeah. <laughs> Well, he, of course he, you know, he is not at the point yet where he's ready to say the words, I love you because those are the scariest three words in the English language to him, but he very much loves Justin. I mean, it's plain, clear as day that he loves Justin. Justin doesn't even need to hear those words. Justin knows it too. And I think the other thing this has taught him is his life without Justin is not a life he wants. He wants Justin in his life. And not even. And I don't mean like he wants Justin in his life, even though that means he has to have Justin living with him. He wants Justin in his life. And because of that, he wants Justin to live with him. He wants Justin to be there all the time or as much as possible. He wants Justin to be a full partner. And while he isn't saying like marriage, he's saying, I want us to live together and have our lives be intertwined and be real partners. And that's what that's about is it's his way of saying, I love you without saying, I love you. Uh, and I think Justin very clearly, I think, knows that. I think Justin knows Brian loves him at this point. And I think, you know, Brian very much wants Justin to be a partner in all ways uh, that, that he possibly can. So,
0: yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. I definitely think that Justin knows that at this point, it doesn't, doesn't need the words, um, right now, but, um, yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, I want to move forward with this. Like, I want to, or keep progressing because I think before it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, we're still here. yep, yeah, we're still going that. But what what we've seen as a theme in this season is Brian choosing his path forward and not just kind of happening mm-hmm. into it, but choosing it. And so, yeah, like you said, it's like, I want him in my life and I want him here in my space. <laughs> like, I want this to be our space as much as possible kind of all the, all the time. And so it's another wall that he's wanting to knock down because with Justin mm-hmm. being at Daphne's, that's kind of this other option and this other thing. And it's just like, I don't want, that's another degree of separation that I want to remove from us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There might be some other things. So I'll just kind of do like a free for all. <laughs> so let's just go into just overall arc and growth and all of that stuff that we see with with him um going on with him in this kind of anything else that you want to say about (laughs) about him (laughs) oh wow uh oh man um
1: I do think in the beginning, just because we didn't talk about it in the beginning of this season, when Brian and Justin have the um, (laughs) competition about how many, you know, the guy is getting into bed and whoever wins, you know, they get, you know, Justin will get to go to Ibiza and if Brian wins, Justin goes back to school. yeah And the reason I love that competition is, yes, it's adorable and there's some cute moments in it and Mm -hmm. it's funny and silly. But also because Brian's term is just in going back to school. Mm-hmm. It's not anything like you will do this for me or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it's knowing more that Brian's
0: paying for school too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's more, I know how important school is to you and I know you should be back there. And, you know, I want you to be back there and I care about you. And it's his way of also doing that, of encouraging Justin again to be the best, you know, as he said, be the best homosexual you possibly can be. And I think that's part of what that is about as well. Um, And, you know, I do think, you know, there's very little Brian and Emmett in this season, but I do like their scene towards the beginning when. Brian is like, hey, you know, stop treating Michael and your other friends like graptus because they want to be friends with Ted again. That doesn't, Ted has made a comeback. So you're gonna have to accept that and you're gonna have to be with your friends. And I think Brian, you know, always likes to call people on their BS. Um, but he also cares about people a lot. And he, you know, wants his friends to be happy. And that's kind of where the word that where that comes from. Um, and then Brian in general, this whole season, I just love Brian so much in this season and rewatching it for prepping for this was so much fun because he goes, you know, he goes through so much growth in this season, even though it might not seem like as much growth on the surface because he is kind of coming into the season as already having grown a bit because of season three but he grows even more. He grows to the place where he is not afraid to ask for help at the end. And I mean, yes, there's a little moment of that in the beginning when he accepts the check, but it is even more, uh, you know, he's willing to have Michael help him cross the finish line. He's willing to show the world that he is not perfect, even though everyone already knows that, but he's willing to show that to the world. He's willing to accept that Justin. Not only knows that he's not perfect, but loves him because he's not perfect. Not in spite of it, because of it. And that's a very important distinction. I think in any relationship, when you love someone in spite of their flaws, I think that's kind of, I don't like that. I like when people love people because of who they are, their whole full thing. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily like certain things they do. It just means you love them for who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think he finally sees that. And it's just it's just beautiful to watch and to watch him um, deal with his mortality in a way that he never has before. And not just because of the cancer diagnosis, but because of what that brings up with him. And it Mm -hmm. brings up the fact that he is getting older and he's just going to have to eventually accept that. And I think this is his first step towards that. Uh, And I don't know. I, there's just so, there are so many moments in this where, uh, he, you see so much pain, fear, love, every, every emotion possible in here. And I mean, um, another scene it's early on before he's told anyone he has cancer and it's when he's going to be leaving for Ibiza and everybody's, are you leaving? You're leaving, you know, and Justin gets mad at him and they're at his office and Brian kind of snaps at Justin. Yeah. And, um, which was, you know, crappy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Justin kind of accepts it and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then Justin leaves. And, you know, cause Brian is kind of like, it's not your fault. This mm-hmm. is, and Justin leaves. And Brian, um, when he's turning off the lights and then he gets yeah. so upset and he throws that lamp. And then he stands there and it's the closest at that point, other than when we saw Justin get bashed, that Mm -hmm. we've ever seen Brian close to crying. And I think Brian is kind of realizing if I die, and this is, I think this is, Why in the end when he asks Justin to move in with him, I think you couldn't have that happen without this realization, too. He's realizing this cancer could take everything from him, including Justin. And it's such a and once again, I know I've said it like a hundred times during this episode, but Gail Harold is (laughs) such an amazing actor. It just oh, it just infuriates me. I mean, sadly, I know why he was never nominated for an Emmy. But it just infuriates me because the work he does in this season is amazing Mm -hmm. because he's going through so much and he says so much without a single word. It's Mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. He can change that emotion like in in just a second. He's just an incredible actor. And I want to see him on stage someday is actually my thing. I would love to see him on stage, but he's just he's amazing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you when you were talking about loving, um, loving him with his with his flaws and all, it made me think about that scene where they make the wager, where Justin calls him out and says, "You know, you have to ask: Are you doing this because you want to, or because you need <laughs> to? And if you need yeah. to do it, <laughs> and so he goes into it, and he's kind of hinting at already. I already know what your motivations are for a lot of what you're doing." And so he's been aware of, of course, we know he's been aware of those flaws since season one, but, and so it, I like how it, it kind of all is tied together. How we go from Justin saying that early on to then Brian truly having this crisis of, oh my gosh, I'm not perfect, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and now everybody's going to see it. And it's so that was a kind of an internal thing that he didn't want to address that question, but now life has forced him to address that. Why am I doing these things that I've been doing? Am I looking to this to validate who I am? And then just to see the whole journey that comes from that. And to have these people who, after they've seen all of his truth, they love him and embrace him and accept him. And they want to be there to help him Ted at the office, Debbie giving him a hug, uh, even Michael, in his own way, like helping him there with the Liberty Ride, and then of course Justin and all that he does to care for him there at the Loft while he is while he's recovering and sick. So, yeah, yeah, beautifully done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you have anything else you you want to add about the, feel free to insert at any point anything about overall kind of season four, so, but. We do. There is a whole lot of of growth here, but it's in such subtle ways, and it's in the things where he admits mm-hmm. he's weak. That is a huge sign of growth for him, being yes. able to say, "I do need help," even if it's with kinetic. He needed he needed help to save that account, and so going and pulling Ted out of that meeting, like that's admitting to Ted. <laughs> you know, yeah, we you know how much respect he ever for Ted at the very beginning, and so admitting to Ted, like I need help, and you have to be the one to help me in this, and. So we do see his growth and it's in those areas of vulnerability where he allows himself. I mean, he is human, but he tries to pretend that he's not, or he tries to do as much as Mm -hmm. he can on his own. And so we see the growth in, in a different way with him this, this season.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think the big thing to remember, and I think people forget this showing, saying that you need help doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. Right. And I think that's something that Brian learned this season Mm -hmm. is, you know, when he cross, especially when he crosses that finish line, Mm -hmm. I think, it, you know, there would have been a time when Brian would have rolled his eyes at that would have been like, stop cheering me on. This is so flippin stupid when they're all clapping and, Mm -hmm. and the fact that he doesn't, I think that right there encompasses a lot of change and growth that Mm -hmm. this character has gone through. And we've seen
0: admitting that I need, I need that from them to get me through (laughs) some things in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I I do think that he was pretty convinced that he could go through life alone. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if he, if he had to, like when he was going to leave and go to New York in season one, it was like, I'll be fine. I'll just, you know, I don't, I don't need this. Yeah. You know, these people who, who love me and know me, like, mm, I can just call them when I want to, but now I'll be fine. And so realizing, oh, I might need them to to get anywhere in life, to succeed in life, and to feel like I'm doing something that's worth living, a life that's worth living. I might need them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all of what you were saying resonates with me when I think about season four and Brian is season four. And it, I mean, this is such a beautiful character to me um and to see him in this to see him in this season where and I didn't take and I know no, no, everybody takes it differently but I didn't take the cancer as them trying to force me into be being sympathetic toward him I didn't take it that way at all I feel like it was right to give him this kind of well true for you know storytelling but also that is I think one of the writers told me he's like, this is his like core chakra, (laughs) you know, to come for him in this way. And if you really wanted to get to bring him down or to to make him more human, to kind of humble him, that's the way to to go after it. And so it's just like they say, with any character study, you take the thing that makes them them or that's most important to them and you Mm -hmm. take that away from them, then what happens? And so for Brian, this was the right way to do that with that character. And to see how he responds to it and how everyone around him responds to it, because it's new for them too, to see him in a way where he is physically weaker, you know, and yeah. he has more limitations on on what he can do and what he can drink even. I mean, we he's not when he's at Babylon, he's got water. <laughs> and so like in all these ways, they're seeing him different, too. And so I felt like it was really neat what this whole story arc did with his character. Mm-hmm.
1: There are so many scenes in this season that I will watch over, especially, mm-hmm. especially the end of episode nine, but there yeah. are so many scenes in this season that I will watch over and over and over again with him because mm-hmm. even the scene with Ted, when he's telling Teddy has cancer, I,
0: mm-hmm. like I said,
1: that's one of my favorite Brian scenes Yeah, because it's just, it's funny. It's sweet. It's, I love the Ted and Brian scenes. I mm-hmm. just, there's so much goodness in this scene, in this series, this season, excuse me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just love it so, so much. And I grow to love it more each time I watch this season. I think I've rewatched this season, this season and probably season two more than any of the other seasons. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I I love it so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's so great to see how season four, Brian responds to things and to think about something we referenced how season one, Brian might respond to the same things. And I just, don't had he not gone through everything that he goes through from season one to season three, season four would have gone. A, it would have been a whole lot shorter, and it would have gone a whole lot different. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? very different. Uh, yeah. So I'm so grateful for all the things that we got to see that informed the decisions that he makes here. Mm-hmm. In yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, this has been really fun and I always love these and I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit more on it, but I'm looking forward to later in the year where we'll go through all of the characters on your podcast and that Ken's going to be joining us there. Now, I'm trying to get us through season five before then, but if we're not, he'll, He'll have to drop off like the last 20 or 30 minutes of each one. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how oh,
1: is he going do that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm yeah. trying to get us through. I'm making our schedule now. trying to get us through season five. But so go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Sure. Well, you can
1: find my podcast. It's a fandom thing on all podcast platforms. And we cover a wide variety of pop culture, TV uh, movies, uh, fandom topics, all primarily from the female perspective. Uh, but we do have other people on as well. Like we've had Ken on in the past. Um, and we are going, we've talked about queers folk every year during, uh, the month of pride during pride month. And they've always been really popular and it's my all-time favorite show. So this year we're revisiting it again, but this time we're going to do four episodes. So we are going to be talking about each character. We did combine Ted and Emmett into one episode but just because I had to do it schedule wise. I'm sorry, Ted and Emmett. But we are going to talk about Ted, Emmett, Michael, Justin and Brian. So we're not talking about every character. I know we've left off Lindsay and Mel and Deb and everything, mm-hmm. but I wanted to talk about the core group of guys. So we're going to be doing that in June Michelle and Ken are scheduled to be on those. Hopefully yeah. Ken will have gotten hopefully they will have gotten through season five because I'll be very curious to hear uh Ken's take on Brian.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because I know that he's been very up and down about Brian throughout. <laughs> I know his feelings
0: have changed. Yeah. But
1: so that'll be interesting. I'll be curious to yeah. see
0: where he lands on Michael, actually. <laughs> That's the one I'm interested in.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yes, I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have I have many many feelings on Michael. Uh, my feelings on Michael have changed with every watch of the show. Mm-hmm. I will say, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but but you can also follow. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. We also are on TikTok. At it's a fandom thing pod. I don't quite get TikTok, but we're on there. Uh, we do live streams too. So we have a YouTube channel as well. It's a fandom thing pod. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, you can um, at EE April Beauty, the E and the A and the B are capitalized. So, and thank you again for having me on. These are so much fun. I love being able to talk about Brian this much. Yeah. So. <laughs> me
0: too. <laughs> That's really all it is, just an excuse for me to keep talking about him. So. <laughs> Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I am super looking forward to doing the other one where we get to do some of that. And we, like we, Ken and I have already talked about some other, because, you know, when we wrap up season five, we just know we're not going to be able to just kind of walk away from the show. So we've already been talking about yeah. other episodes kind of like this we can do for other storylines and characters and pairings and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to it you know, doing a little bit of that on yours this yeah. June. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm excited to have Ken back too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, in this time, like he's gonna, he knows in advance and so he'll be, <laughs> he'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Michelle right. is going to be on my podcast also
1: upcoming yes. in April because we're revisiting Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about the normal heart and Michelle going to be on that one. And that's, that's a great, fantastic, amazing movie. I have to say I have issues yeah. galore with Ryan Murphy, but that's a great movie. So I'm just yeah. Pro- promoing you
0: coming up yeah I know well and I got it on my calendar to um to watch it but like I don't want to watch it too early because I want my yeah. opinions to be fresh but I want to be able to watch it twice before we record so I've been holding <laughs> off I've been I, I pulled it up the other day and I was like no just wait just wait <laughs> so I'm ready to watch this movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good one. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, again, Aaron, thank you so much for for being on. All right, guys, we'll talk later. Bye.